Danny. Welcome to Prep Yourself. Thanks so much. We took a whole break for the summer. I don't even how I don't even know how long it was. I, I don't know. I think it was a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> I have been on a break from school since I think March and it feels like a week. Yeah. Well, that's because all you do is travel to places. <laughs> like oh. every time we're like trying to make plans for anything, you're like, oh yeah, I'm on an airplane. I'll get in touch with you on like Tuesday and it's like Monday afternoon and it's like where are you going for just where you don't know what happens the other day someone goes so what have you been doing with all your free time off of school and I was like (sighs) 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 you went on vacations and well not even all of them were vacations some of them were just family trips and work trips and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff yeah I was supposed to go to the eye doctor I was supposed to uh, what was the other thing? Just get a doctor because I don't have one. <laughs> I'm like, I pay a lot in health insurance. And then and you don't even have a doctor? No. Well, I'm not using it. That's not good prepping. No. We should do we should do an bad. episode regular life prepping. <laughs> just like <laughs> just like not for a disaster or future. Just like what are the adult things that you're doing a bad job at? You're trying to prevent disaster. <laughs> like I'm gonna get sick. Where do I go? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. You need to figure that out. I just have a really great relationship with my chiropractor. So like anything that's wrong, I just go to them <laughs> and I'm like, please fix me. And they do. And so like, I don't really I feel have the need the to flu. do it. <laughs> help me chiropractor. Pretty much to keep me from getting it that is crazy seriously i know so i've had a lot of experience with a doctor lately including solidifying my relationship with my like general med doctor because i'd only seen her a couple times before but now she's like the beginning of an adult movie i know yeah (laughs) what's up doctor Doctor. um but no because of my knee injury i know in our episode with fema we like joked about my crutches looming about, but I had a ski accident and I tore my ACL and had to get a new ACL um, put in from a cadaver. A dead person. Um, And it has been quite the road to recovery. It's like five weeks now that I've... I have to say, I'm pretty impressed with how quickly you're recovering. Isn't it crazy? I don't think it probably feels like that to you because, again, I have no concept of time and I think you had (laughs) surgery two days ago. (laughs) But it's been five weeks and like you walked up to my house today and I was like... Then you started going up the stairs and you're struggling. And I was like, did she not learn how to go upstairs? Well, she's wearing (laughs) flip-flops. And then I was like, oh, yeah, she has surgery. But that's just to say you're doing really good. But also I am kind of dumb. So maybe I don't know how to use stairs. Maybe I'm like, what do I do? I can go left, right? I don't know. Um, But no, so it's been like a little bit of hobbling around, but... Man, the all the people that I've gotten, like my PT and stuff, teaches me so much, and it's really cool to like go through that. I will say, major thing is, if there was like a disaster right this second, I would be so effed mm-hmm. because I can't even like move fast, right? Like if I need to jump to the side, like <laughs> I have no like side movement. I cannot do the Heisman 
like, you know, trophy stance. That's oh, not no. like a thing right now. But you do have a rascal. And for those of you who don't know what a rascal, it's a motorized scooter. She's been killing it on. Do you still have it? I don't. I just took it back the oh, other day, like two days ago. That's so sad. I had rented it from a supply store. So right when I got hurt, someone like jokingly was like, I could just see you in a rascal with your wine, a box of wine and your puppy on your lap. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. This I will happening. be doing that for sure. Um, because I'm a busybody. Uh-huh. And like when I can't do anything, it makes me really sad. But it was cool because when pre-op, I, I was like, I, I had like four weeks before I could get surgery. And I got to ride around the block with Leaf while we were like walking the dog and stuff. And so I still got to be outside. I think I would have gotten pretty severely depressed had I not had that rascal. Like, because I couldn't, I would have just literally been bedridden. Because you can't really walk around anywhere. It made for some good photo ops and (laughs) taunt props for kickball. (laughs) And that's what we've also been doing all summer. It's kickball season. For for all of our fans who haven't listened to the earlier episodes where we described the fact that we're in a kickball league, it absorbs our lives for two months of the year. Yours more than anyone's, I think. <laughs> but in a great way. Yes. In a fun, really cool, awesome way. I like it. I mean, obviously, I did a lot to prep for my yard sale from the last episode. That was crazy. That yeah. whole day, I just look back and I'm like, I should not have had so many Bloody Marys for one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone should have had as many Bloody Marys. Secondly, I should not have slept out in my front yard to, quote unquote, protect the crap that I just gave away the next day. <laughs> 12 hours later, Isaac is never going to let me live this down. He's like, you spent the night in your front yard to protect the stuff you gave away like six hours later. I was like, yes, it was the worst night of my life. I woke up at midnight thinking it was day because Mike let the dog out. And then the sprinklers came on of the neighbors and then started spraying all of the stuff that we had out there plus the tent. So I get out and I think it's morning. Whitney wakes up. Whitney slept out there with me. You guys are hilarious. It was the worst idea I've ever had. But the I mean, worst idea. Kids love camping in their yards. I thought it was going to be really fun. It was the worst. So I didn't like sleep between like twelve and four thirty because I and I had like been up almost the whole night before getting ready for the yard sale, and then drinking and then sleeping out in this damn yard and then I just could not sleep all night and so finally I went inside at like four thirty and I was like Whitney you have to like you can come inside or you can sleep out here by yourself but I'm going inside. And I slept for about two hours and then got up and did this yard sale again and like sold like 50 bucks more worth of stuff and then just started posting all over Facebook come get this stuff for free you're hilarious it was the worst you're so So dumb I was like I should have just let people come like if someone needs to come by and take this stuff they probably really need it yeah but me after like 15 Bloody Marys and like three pieces of pizza (laughs) was like I need to protect my yard sale (laughs) so dumb I love but, it. But that yard sale was super fun, and I was glad that everybody like, I think, wanted to talk to you. I think people had a really good time, and I had a really good time harassing people. And I think that our friends who participated, I was really like they did. They weren't shied away from the whole like being asked these very very serious questions. Tough hitting questions. <laughs> Hard hitting questions. Everyone was just like, "Yeah, let's talk more about my dead cat." There's so many good stories though. So That's many what good I loved stories. So much and it like what I loved about our Starbucks episode um was it just hearing people talk about what they'd either been through or what they want to do to get prepped and 
just so many good stories come out of just talking to people. And so it was yeah. really fun to hear that. And man, our neighbors have some good stories. I need to yeah, for <laughs> sure. them more. And I think that it opened up more interview, you know, things that like we've never interviewed Kevin, you know, yeah. and he has so many good stories. Every time we have From an episode, working. he's like, oh, that's the class I did today for mm-hmm. the, like, or Mike or Mike even. Oh, same thing. Worst. Or so, Leaf. I noticed Leaf was not on there. Uh, yeah. Leaf is, you know, he's a big fan of what we do for ourselves. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> he secretly listens. I know he does. I think that he um, wants to support everything we do without the necessary, the necessary listening part of the part. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of the garage sale, and if you listen to the interview episode, Whitney was one of the people who was on there. Yeah. <laughs> and then yesterday told me, I sold the bag I was going to use for my go bag at the garage sale. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> Your first, our first ever like homework assignment, which oh we God. still have never just really upped the ante on. Just think of whether you have a bag. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so funny. She said that. And I was like, I totally know who I sold it to, too. It was this older guy who would like, at one point, it was like all of a sudden there were like 50 Asian people in the front yard. Like they had all come together. And you can tell like throughout the day there would be groups of people that came. Like you have the early looky-loos and they all knew each other. There were like four or five people there like, oh, hey, you're going to hit up this one later? And I'm yeah. like, what is happening here? <laughs> so it was like you could tell that there was like systematic um, way that people do these garage sales. So at one point there was all of these Asian people in my front yard and I was like, awesome, let's do this. But they, they haggle so much too. Oh, wow. And this one guy would buy, like, one thing, and he'd, like, talk me down, and I'd be like, fine, a dollar, fine. It was, like, $15 to begin with. And then he would go and, like, be like, okay, fine, he's gone. And then he would come back again. I was like, just get everything together, and I'll give you a deal. And he was like, no, no, no. And I remember he haggled me so bad about that backpack. I think I sold it for, like, $2. Oh, no. Maybe $5. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably $2. Well, but he we, was so happy about it. Now we know we can go to, like, a thrift store. Mm-hmm. Get Dubs a five dollar. I know, man. Bag. He haggled so much. We'll just put some like. What kind of snacks does she like? Sugar snacks. Yeah, we'll just put a bag full of candy and give it to her, mm-hmm. and she, then she can use that candy to trade with people. Yeah, Dubs she'll haggle them though too. She'll be like, "I'll give you one piece of candy." I'm sure there's more yard sales. <laughs> we can go and yard sale a backpack for her. There were so many bags. Yeah, so many bags out there. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. I had a good time. So what is this about romantic prepping with the Holzers? Oh, you know, if you want to get real sexy, (laughs) um, just ask your significant other out on a, um, let's inventory our preparedness (laughs) items. You know this got Mike hot 100%. He's like, I'll do my spreadsheet I've been thinking about. Like, all right, babe, let's do this. Did you guys really make a spreadsheet? Yeah. He's printing it out. He's trying to find the perfect like sleeve to put it in so he can put it on the side of the wall where we have all our stuff. Um. At one point, I got a little <laughs> testy because I was like, you're not including me in this. Because he would like take something and bring it over here and like inventory it and then come back and get something else. And I'm like, I'm not even part of this process right now. So <laughs> we worked it out, though. <laughs> it was shocking, though. I feel like it, 
you know, if you don't feel like you're prepared already. Yeah. Like if you feel you're prepared, go and look at the stuff that you have because things can change so quickly. All of those cliff bars I bought, they're all expired now. Oh, what? Yep. The baby food I had in there all expired now. So now we have like an inventory of what the expiration date of the food is. What yeah. what is the food? Like not like necessarily like, oh, we have this many packets of beef stroganoff. It's this brand of food expires on this time or this medication expires here. But like the Benadryl is expired. I have no diapers in there. I have one pack of wipes. I have no baby food. Like our first aid kit was really not good. Yeah. And what other things? Like I didn't have all of my fire starting equipment together. It was like, okay, let's like I did all of this effort to like buy food and water and right. kind of get it all together. But then it like has changed so much too that it was good to go through it and like, ugh, yeah, I'm feeling bad about myself. <laughs> like once I, I looked into it, but I don't think that you should. We just started talking about, so, you know, I bought a bunch of that like army food, like 15 year, you know, so I'm like less worried about that part of things, but the things that I purposely were are like keeping around that are more perishable things. We just had this whole conversation because a bunch of it expired where like we both really like soup and stew and chili and we had a bunch of that stuff, canned stuff that was set aside. And so we're going to start trying doing a rotation where every three months we have a thing where that's this the stuff in our garage gets rotated into our cabinet and then we replace what's in the garage. So and then we can also kind of see what we're eating more or less of kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, but I mean, we were just talking about this the other day because we had a bunch of stuff expire. Mm-hmm. Some of which was just in our pantry. It was just like normal pantry yeah. stuff that expired. But like last year I spent more time like, oh, if I'm going to buy one thing of Bisquick, I'm going to buy two things of Bisquick instead, you mm-hmm. know, and then just have them in stock more over time. Um, but again, that stuff goes, it expires. Yeah. And then it so just has to go away. I think we've officially been doing this for over a year now. Yep. So now would be the time. If you've been following along at home, <laughs> you've been doing like everything you we, we said we would do. If you did it too, now's the time to go and uh, check those expiration dates and reevaluate what you've got. Yep. Or a think of a new bag that you might have that go you to could garage use. sale this summer. <laughs> Get that bag identified. <laughs> hey, and don't forget for a long time and maybe still, Lex's work go bag is just like a plastic bag at her desk. No. Or a paper no, no, bag. No. Or no, it's a cloth bag. Sorry. Yeah. No, it, I it's actually got one. Bag. Mike bought me well, one at Fred Meyer. Yeah. It's like an actual go bag now. Nice. A backpack with everything. But for a long time, it was just you just a, had like, like a reusable, bag. like a grocery bag thing. Yes. So don't feel like it has to be something fancy. Like having some things collected together that you can run out of the door with is more important than like having the right kind of like camping bag or backpack or whatever, mm-hmm. like having shoes that you can walk home in. Yeah. Just have them in whatever, like you whatever. don't need to have something fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really cute that your guys's romance was like making def- a spreadsheet. I asked him out on a date. I sent him a calendar appointment and uh, <laughs> we got her done. Was there candlelight? Did you light some candles? No. We didn't. Even though everybody in disaster preparedness keeps telling people not to light anything on fire. <laughs> did you did you get out your rechargeable blow-up lantern? Uh, no. That's another thing. I'm like, where is that? It was, oh. it was also like a time was to be like... Was here forever? I think so. Here's another thing. Like, I keep taking things out to look at them and moving them around or thinking that I put them with a thing. And so I just need to... Like, this isn't the last date that we're having. This is <laughs> the first step. <laughs> well, and... 
And also we talk a lot about how your camping gear crosses over. So during the summer, you like are going camping Mm -hmm. and stuff and maybe you're taking stuff out of what is usually in your like preparedness bin, but you're actually taking it to use it, which you should do because then you learn about how to use it and keep it safe and what's good about it and what's bad about it and all of those kind of things. Because I used to have a lantern that I loved, but then it like, I took it on a vacation where it was my main source of light and it like kept flickering out the Coleman gas yeah. kind and the little bags. Um, yeah. What are the little bags called? The little like net bags. That you put. Yeah. I anyway, know what you're about. those burn, I accidentally burned those and it was just oh, like nice. dumb. I had the tiniest little flashlight to mm-hmm. get around for the weekend. It was yeah, dumb. It was a big eye opener because yeah. I don't even really have a go bag at home. I have one in my car. I have one at work and I have like, stuff here but it's not like in a bag to like grab and go i don't see a scenario where i need to like just immediately evacuate the house for sure you know i would come home and everything's one place so i would shove it in my backpacking bag i don't know i'm maybe the worst prepper ever no you're not the worst prepper ever (laughs) we are both i'm the worst prepper who's like actually trying to prep but like (laughs) i'm just really not good at it We're like low-end preppers. We're I like, do have a lot of food and a lot of water. <laughs> I have a lot of water because I have those rain barrels. So really I'm super lucky yeah. because I don't have to do much to have a lot of water at my house. But, yeah, I am doing terrible. Like, I didn't do any gardening this year. Essentially rhubarb because it just is, like, better than me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I will live. I will yeah. live. They always live. <laughs> but one thing that was really helpful after that experience, I went back and looked at the stuff that Peter gave us from FEMA, the yep. Cascadia Rising, like, packet of information that he gave. Some really good stuff in there about, like, what do you actually need in your first aid kit? So I will be, like, getting that immediately. That's and awesome. then the communications plan, like Mike and I talked about, like, he has a new job downtown, and so now he can be part of the like, um, communications and meetup plan to get home here. Um, what were some other things like just food and general prep? Like if you have to shelter in place, how do you prepare the room that you're going to be in? I don't know. It was just a good, like, I just had to make that date. Yep. (laughs) Like if it's not with your SO, like do it with a friend or your cat or dog or whatever, open a bottle of wine if you need to. And just, did you just get in calling Mike your SO? My significant other. I know, but like, is that a thing people say? Sure. <laughs> On social. <laughs> On social M. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna, trying to be cool. I'm going to ship so it, I guess. things have been happening lately where I'm like, God, I'm a mom. Is that a thing God. that you ship? I don't understand what shipping is. <laughs> when people say I ship it or ship it. What? You don't know? Yeah. It's Aww. about like relationships. More stuff I don't know. I know. We don't know anything. Yeah, that's okay. I'm mom aged only minus the child. And so I'm just, you know, I can't I keep up with the I couldn't do Snapchat lingo. the other day. Jasmine was just <laughs> laughing at me. She's like, you're the worst. I'm like, I don't know how to use social media anymore. I only do one social media thing. And it's because that's where we keep our website. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. Okay, let's talk about prepping. Let's talk real. about prepping. <laughs> Okay, I do have another thing that I want to talk about that has to do with prepping. Um, I'm really glad that you guys do that because that's really inspiring for me because actually Leaf gets really excited when we do when I t- when we talk about what we have in the house. We did get earthquake insurance. So yes. we had the I insurance keep telling Mike episode. I to do it. He won't do it. So we had the insurance episode um, 
I talked to Leaf about it that week, and and we talked about in the insurance episode. Like I read our insurance, and it was kind of like a kind of a huge wake up call for me. Um, we got it added to our house policy specifically, so it doesn't cover anything beyond our house. Like it doesn't cover my car, you know, like those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But it was like under two hundred dollars for the year. I think yeah. it was like one eighty or something like if that. That sometimes it's just ten bucks a month. Yeah. Um. So we got that added on through our escrow. So it just became a part of our normal mm-hmm. uh, mortgage payment. Good. So um, that felt really good to get that part of things done. And uh, so all you have to do, look at your policy, call your person. Like that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. They are happy they to would add like things. to sell this to you. <laughs> <laughs> they want to sell you things. So just go ahead and do it. Like, you know, I think that it was interesting the way that they talked about it. Um, when Peter, when we were at FEMA, talked about the fact that like, for every person that is taking care of themselves, it allows them to put more focus and time into people who are in actual critical emergency situations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have the ability to have insurance and get your stuff taken care of, it's going to save you a lot of stress and heartache and who even knows what kind of infrastructure infrastructure will be there to help you. Um, Disclaimer, we're not insurance agents. Just call yours and talk to them about it. (laughs) That was another thing when we went through the stuff. I was like, where are the copies of our passports? Where are the copies of our license? Like I have some of that at work actually. Yeah. Um, But you know what? That's been outdated because I got a new license. (gasps) What? Yeah. You know, just having those documents photographed, um, printed out, either have it on a hard, um, a flash drive. Like Peter said, he... Takes pictures of every, like all of his, his valuable house. assets yeah. and puts that on a flash drive. You want to do that, like take pictures of your insurance policy and your passports and health insurance or, you know, anything that's important to you. Your title to your house, like who knows? Everything. Everything. Just do it all. Just do everything. It takes effort and time. So no shame to anyone out there because I haven't done it either. <laughs> <laughs> what are you whispering about? I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't do things. I was said that I would do. <laughs> We're trying. Really We're trying really hard. Um. So one of the things that we're not going to cover today, but I'm really excited to do sometime in the near future because I think we could do a few bags. Lex bought a uh, bag from. Are you donated? And then I you donated got it. to KUOW during their, um, which is our local drive. NPR drive, mm-hmm. and. I donated because they were having uh, a benefit that you could choose a emergency prep bag. Yeah. So I was like, in. I'm doing it. In. So we're going to unbox that. And then I have one from work that I never opened that oh. was just like a, a, a multi-day bag for three pe- a three-person, three-day bag. So it's supposed to be 72 hours for three people. Uh, so I'm going to bring that. Because I've, that's never been unboxed. And then cool. we can compare about what, nice. what it looks like. And we're going to video it so that people can nice. see the very interesting process. We just changed vets, too. And if we donate to the Banfield Animal Foundation or something like that, where they help rescue animals in times of emergency and disaster, you get a pet, a pet emergency bag. What? So that's we're so doing cool. That. Yeah. Is it a backpack? Oh, that's the other thing. Lulu to wear on top of not having any baby stuff prepped. Like we have some dog food, but like I don't think enough. Ugh. Luckily, my dog weighs like two pounds, and so no one's gonna eat it, and it doesn't (laughs) eat a lot. So (laughs) 
No, he seriously is like skin and bones. I don't know who would try to eat him. <laughs> He's so cute, though. He is with his like little ears flopping up. Okay. Anyway. What's our topic for today? Our topic. Maybe we should say that at the beginning of the episode. We, we're out of practice. Let's just say our it right now. Our topic for today is rich people prepping. Cha-ching. <laughs> so part of like starting to discuss the cultural preparedness, which I think we're going to be doing for a little while, because I think it's, I mean, it's, of course, it's why we're even doing this podcast to even begin with. Like that whole, the whole idea of prepping has like really risen to kind of normal everyday society more than I can remember in my lifetime. Like yeah. I'm, I don't know if it's more prevalent because I'm paying attention or if it's just more prevalent or, you know, but these it's articles hard to tell I was reading. With Google Analytics <laughs> creeping on you. I will say because of the articles that I've been reading, the in- you, can, you can know the industry rises because it's like right now, this specific industry is making like 10 times more money than it did five years ago. So obviously, it's so it's strange. Like, I think that we could get into up. a very deep philosophical conversation about about why. About why, yeah. you know, like this industry, are they also trying to like perpetuate the cycle of fear mongering and, oh, you better get prepped because sure. you never know because well, so here are all the reasons to get prepped. That's a, that's interesting. One of the things, because I think you read it too, there's this really great uh, article in the New Yorker uh, that is one of the articles that I read for today. And they talked about the history of prepping and how it came up in society the way that it has. And uh, they talked about there has been historically every time that there is a ray, uh, an extreme um, or a fast perpetuation of technology. So mm-hmm. like the last time would have been in the um, Industrial Revolution. There were a ton of novels about uh, both dystopian futures and also um what's it called like the the, uh utopias so like there were a bunch of novels for every novel that came out about like a utopia there was also a novel about dystopian futures but they kind of uh related it back to like why so many preppers are like tech bros why so Mm -hmm. many tech bros are getting into prepping and, um, you know, they kind of said that because people are spending so much of their time and ener- energy imagining futures that don't exist mm-hmm. in their industry. So, like, to make new technology, you have to constantly be imagining something that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And that automatically leads to people who are imagining and focusing on futures of humani- humanity, whether or they're good or bad. lack of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. Or lack of humanity, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought that was really cool. I've never thought about that before, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. There's just, I think, again, with technology. And so this particular um, article is called Doomsday Prep for the Super Rich. And it focused a lot on the wealthiest people in America in Silicon Valley, New York, and beyond. But it was a, a lot from Silicon Valley. For and sure. So the people interviewed were former CEOs of and founders of PayPal. Or, and LinkedIn. Um, and- yeah. Yeah, the technology platforms we use every day. And so, yes, they're super rich, but yes, they're also imagining this, you know, future, but also sort of responsible for the issues that are creating the dystopian future. So there's like this, (laughs) you know, everybody knows that there's a widening gap in income inequality and 
so it, this article is so interesting to hear about them like protecting themselves against the pitchforks. Like if society were to undergo a huge collapse and, you know, the people rise up, who are they coming for? The rich people that A, have everything and yeah. B, helped create these problems in the first place. It's like this French revolution. Let's yeah, the chop their heads off, right? Yeah. Um and that was really interesting For sure. to me. And so there was this whole argument in it about, so don't put your money towards buying that $3 million bunker or that piece of land in New Zealand or that helicopter. Like, put your money into trying to solve the problems that will, you know... Prevent someone yeah. rising against you. Exactly. Yeah. Or warfare or, yeah. um, or climate collapse. Yeah. Using the phrase climate collapse is like it, anxiety. No coming back to me. I'm We're like, Mars. <laughs> we are Marsers. Formerly um, life on Earth. So what we're talking about today is uh, rich people prepping. And part of what led to this, a few people had sent us like articles or linked really cool things um, through our uh, Facebook page. Like... There's a bed that you can get that's an earthquake bed. Oh, my God. That thing was so crazy. <laughs> it's this bed that you sleep on. It doesn't look comfortable because it's basically <laughs> this huge metal tomb that yep. you sleep on top of. And if an uh, earthquake happens, the bottom of it drops. drops and you fall in you and, and fall it closes in over and you. it closes on top. <laughs> but don't worry. There's food and water in there. Yeah. Maybe some entertainment things that you can use and <laughs> there is a way to get out of it but holy crap yeah. like that's something i never would have thought of it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and then someone also linked what's us your to sleep number 9.0 <laughs> you've been saving that you wanted that no i just thought of it right now <laughs> no way. yes i just thought of a joke the other day Do you want to hear it yes like on the spot why couldn't the couple get a reservation at the library why? They were totally booked. <laughs> I come up with this stuff on the spot, people. This is not a scripted podcast, if you didn't know. <laughs> that is such a dad joke. Yeah. Totally. Like, really great I dad joke. More and more. How much have you been, like, have you been, like, laying in your bed at night when you're about to fall asleep and, like, still patting yourself on the back for that joke? Yes. For the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> I've told it about five times. <laughs> if you make something up like that, like, you better use it. You better use it as many times Everyone as possible. Everyone else can use it, too. And now a hundred or so people will listen to that joke and they will also give or clap. take. They will guffaw at you. <laughs> um, so in order to pay, prepare for this very serious uh, rich people uh, episode, we did watch a uh, episode of The Last Man on Earth. We've talked about Last Man on Earth before because I watched I binge watched it hard and super loved it. Uh, it has a lot of really strange comedians in it, um, which is awesome. And by strange, I just mean you'll know all of them, but is a collection of what you would usually consider non-mainstream comedians. Plus January Jones. Plus January Jones. <laughs> but she's also not a comedian. That's what I'm saying. Right. You would never be like, name comedians on sitcoms. January Jones is not like the first person who comes to mind for that sort of thing. No. Um but a lot of them are like side character, you know, like mm-hmm. on other shows, and then they're on this. So there's a, a, a 
spin-off episode, which then led to a couple of other episodes, that is just the story of <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig's <laughs> character, who she is like one of those super rich people who um like it opens up with she's having an auction where her charity is only for dogs with hip dysplasia. <laughs> so it's a charity to get Which made me cry a little to bit. Get dogs, <laughs> to get dogs, like, those little the little wheelchair like hind <laughs> Which yes, I want people it's to help. It's called with. the Patricia whatever <laughs> foundation. It's her name foundation. It's, you have no idea what it is. Oh, it's for dogs with hip dysplasia. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um and so she's just like really far like the news comes on and they're talking about like a plague hitting the world and they're like, Man, this is terrible. Let's have Something like Lex's dad joke she just yeah. told. That's exactly what happened. It's like they're Alexa. What do they call it? Alicia? Elena. I think they Elena. called it Elena because on the Elena. episode they're trying to not, you know what I mean? They, yeah. They're like, Elena, tell us a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's like, the plague is coming. Yeah. <laughs> a little dark today, don't yeah. you think? <laughs> tell us a joke. Tell us a joke. And then they like laugh at it. Hilarious. Hold on. That's what just happened to us. Oh. Uh, so they have um, her. So she. She's obviously completely out of it. Her um, kind of nemesis, rich lady nemesis, is Laura Dern. <laughs> so good. Like you're like Laura Dern comes on and you're like, what? Why is Laura? How did Dern? they get Laura Dern? <laughs> like like it really? I really believe these are people just calling in their friend, like their friends, uh-huh. and being like, listen, if you're my real friend, you'll come do this episode. It's like she stopped filming. What is that show? Big Little Lies. Oh yeah, oh, but she sure. kept that same character. And okay. came over <laughs> exactly, <to> exactly. <laughs> um, so they, their whole thing is uh, like she does tell her husband. She's like, oh, you know, whatever her nemesis, Laura Dern's character mm-hmm. is. They just bought another house and it's underground, and they're like making fun of them. It? They're like, how weird they're underground. But what happens is she happens to see that Laura Dern is still alive, remembers that she has that place, and then goes to her house, finds that she's dead of the plague or whatever, and then steals her spot <laughs> in the like private sanctuary place. Yeah. Uh, but when she gets there, no one else is there. She's the only I think it's person. It's just their private bunker. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, they don't set it up like she it's She drives like her awesome Mercedes-Benz, like, four-wheeler to this desert location with her dog, Jeremy. With her dog, Jeremy. <laughs> her dog, Jeremy, is the cutest and wants acting dog to do with her. that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> you can see how annoyed he is at all times with her. Eventually, so she's there for five years or yeah. something. She's there, I think it's five years. So they go in and it's this is it five gorgeous years? place. I think at least three. Okay. I think it was like at, at least, least three. It's years. at least three years, yeah. She goes in and it's this gorgeous house, basically, but underground. So it has all the LED screens that show you like mountain or desert or prairie with a weird red barn or <laughs> yeah. a city street. Yep. And it's like they read this New Yorker article. It's almost, it, like it's crazy how this, much it connects to the New Yorker yeah, article. And it's all this like completely unnecessary shit. Yep. Which is just so infuriating to me. Like you can't save everyone because you need to have your... Uh, absolute vodka and your high-end wine. And, I mean, not speaking ill against people who need their wine after <laughs> the apocalypse. I'm like, hold on. That sounds amazing. That's Why wouldn't actually. we want that? 
But, but I mean, you know, yeah. She's like, refried no, beans? Ugh. There was, did you get it right the first time? Yeah, why didn't you fry them right the first time? <laughs> that was the best line of, so like, good. how to illustrate how snobby she is. <laughs> um, but then she's trying. She gets so lonely after such a long time. She starts trying to teach her dog how to speak. <laughs> and she's trying to get him to say milk, which is so hilarious to me because Lily says milk. Gulk. <laughs> Gulk. Probably because M is a really hard thing. Thing to understand, but she can say it. Yeah, I have say mm, milk. Milk. This was exactly me looking at Jeremy the dog, aka <laughs> my baby, and going milk. Just say it. Why don't Just, you say it? <laughs> Why can't you say milk? Um, it was amazing. And then at one point, Gulk. she gets mad at Jeremy. Well, are we giving away this whole... Does it matter if we no. tell them the whole episode? This is it's season three. It's one... Ep- yeah, it's in season... Also, you could have watched it at any time. So, spoil- spoilers. Um, <laughs> so, she... At one point, she gets mad at the dog, and she's like, fine, you can leave if you want. And she opens the door, and he, like, gets out Bugs of there it. as fast as he possibly can. <laughs> it was amazing. Eventually, so part of the system that they have there is there's a drone camera I that she can fly around. I never would have thought about that, and that is the coolest thing. It yes, is really cool. get a drone. And also because you do want to make sure that you know what's going on in the outside mm-hmm. world, right? Like, one, is someone headed towards your bunker? Are they friendly or not friendly? Do you want to talk to them or not? Which we'll get into with the actual bunker that we're going to be talking about today that was a major part of this uh, article that we read um, that for for three million dollars you too can have an apartment in a seventy five person bunker um, underground nuclear silo. Can you bunker. imagine like the just level of crappy people that are in that? Bunker? Oh my god! Well, there's two doctors and one dentist. I know that. And a jail. Okay, we digress. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get back to that. We'll get there. So, anyways, eventually when she's flying around this drone, she does see that the other characters of the show, she finds them. The best part of that, which Lex doesn't know because she hasn't watched the rest of the show, is in earlier seasons, like way before you ever see this episode, they you see the other side of them seeing the drone, which oh. is the people who she sees. You get to see them see the drone, and they just dis- they just assume it's from like evil army guys, but really it's from this really dumb rich housewife yeah. lady Who kicked her dog jeremy out <laughs> she didn't literally kick him she did love yeah. him she was just irritated at him for not like. saying milk <laughs> <laughs> but Kristen oh wing God. is so per- she's so good it showed me like she gets really good at the harp <laughs> she does she gets really good at the harp <laughs> She has dance part. Like, it looks really fun at first. And then yep. at the end of the episode, the place is just totally trashed. She stops She's caring. trashed. Yeah. She just, like, goes through this whole, like, I'm getting drunk all the time. Yep. It just... For many years, she still dresses every day. Yeah. Every single day, she, like, puts on her little outfits and her little heels and, like... But then she leaves the bunker, bunker. And I'm like, oh, she looks like Katniss Everdeen with her, like, long hair braided yep. now. But then they pan back and she's got this huge high heels on and, mm-hmm. like, her purse as all... <laughs> Her same, per, her same like, fancy what purse. What is it about the human psyche that we can't like be like? Okay, this is not important anymore. Yeah, none this of this is, is important. Like, is it ever important? And I think that that character—that's why they made that character it's so good. Because you see, the rest of them go through this. Mm-hmm. Like the main star of the show 
he literally just walked around in boots and uh, boxers for like two years before he knew that anyone else was on the planet. (laughs) And he spent most of his time blowing things up for fun. Mm -hmm. And like the cutest, funniest way. Like that's just how he spent his days. After a while. Yeah. You need human connection. I know. He made friends with a bunch of balls. He had like a bunch of balls that were his (laughs) friends. Because he was like, Wilson is stupid. I'm never going to be like friends with a volleyball. And then all of a sudden he had a collection of like 20 different balls that were his friends. Oh my God. Okay. So now that Mike and I are cutting cable, newsflash. Um, what made you decide to do that? Um, crappy Comcast that just decided to charge us 90 extra dollars a month for literally no reason. Mike called them and they're like, what is this charge for? They could not tell him. And then they wouldn't take it off either. And they wouldn't take it off. $90 extra a month. And I'm like, well, we're already paying 300 so what's 90 more? And then I was like, no, F this. We're cutting the cable. So we read one article, like... How to yeah, do it. Yeah, how to do it. Like, if you if this is what you watch, get this. If this is what you watch... I yeah. mean, and sports are big for us. Like, World Cup, all screen time rules yep. with Lily are out the window right now. World Cup is on <laughs> whenever <laughs> the games are playing. I'm like, how do I get out of work? <laughs> I need to watch these soccer games all the time. But, you know, sports are... So now we have a subscription to Hulu, so I'll be watching nice. this. Mm-hmm. And Sling. Are I you guys getting Sling. Sling. No. The ones that we have... Does this matter for this episode? This is important, yeah, guys. maybe. Here's... <clears throat> for people who've been living without cable for a long time, Prep we yourself. have HBO Now. Mm-hmm. We have Hulu. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Well, obviously. Which we already had for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix... And then we allow ourselves to rent movies from Amazon Prime. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, if we want to rent a movie and it's $6 or less, we rent it because we don't pay for yeah the 100 other channels. And then we and pay for, us, for a subscription. We never go out to movies. Like, it's cheaper for me to rent a movie on TV than it is to get a babysitter, buy tickets to a yep. movie, drive to the movie, for not sure. drink to drive to the movie. Yeah. And, and we also have a Roku, which comes with, like, YouTube. We can just watch YouTube through the TV and all of that kind of stuff, which you guys have a smart TV anyway. Yeah. So but we I'm also sure got you can already Amazon do that. Fire. Yeah. So you can already... I think yeah. you can already do that. Um, We're hooked up. But it... Like, those... Like they, they, that's all the TV we need to watch. Yeah. And if there's something more than that, like there are a few shows that it's a little bit harder to watch, like The Walking Dead, I essentially stopped watching because it's hard to see it mm-hmm. unless you're two seasons away from it, kind of thing. Um, and also, it just got to be terrible, but also still helped me want to start prepping. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Watch TV to help you prep. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Um, well, then you're probably going to be better off than Kristen Dunst or Kristen Dunst. No, that's what? not. <laughs> Kristen Wick. <laughs> this is don't listen to me. I can't say anything today. Kristen Wick's character. She just learned to walk upstairs today. Because <laughs> you're because you're not going to be super spoiled. Oh, my God. Um, so, so that was our media. So that was our media. <laughs> we did a really good job. Here's the things that I learned from we that. We did a really good job. <laughs> we want a drone. I want a drone now. Jokes are hilarious. Yes. Because I want I want the drone because I want to be able to like spy on what else is going on without having to put myself in danger. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You it's know? something that I had not thought about. Yeah. But just in general having one. Also, if I can find anyone that I know that 
has some kind of money, I want to know where their disaster yeah. thing is so, so I can steal it when they don't make it there. We need to learn computer science yep. and move to Silicon Valley and go to expensive dinners where they talk about trading things. Yeah. I'm relying on Mike to have us covered for that. I'm not in an industry where... I could oh, rise he doesn't at the know top. Computer science. <laughs> Basically, this article was saying that all of the you know tech startups that have turned into major companies or hedge fund hedge fund managers, the super uber rich, like oh big. I learned a new term: centimillionaires. Centimillionaire. I had never heard of that. Those are people who million. have hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So they're not quite billionaires. They're not quite a billionaire, but they still can buy literally anything, anything they want. Anything at any time from anyone, including people. this crazy guy who owns all these silos. So this one is in Kansas, this silo that was profiled in this um, survival condo project. And so this maximum 70 people, which doesn't seem like a lot. So it's like really devastating that so many hundreds of million do- millions of dollars are going into prepping for 70 people. Yeah. And it just, I had so I many emotions. I think it's 30 million is how much he spent building that silo. He spent 300 buying it. So this is a silo. No, he spent a hundred thousand dollars buying it. Okay. And then another and then he spent he spent I think thirty million dollars building it out. Renovating it. Yep. And then each condo sells for three million a full floor or one point five for half floor. Yeah. It's crazy. It is really crazy. And so they have they still have common areas. So there's apartments and then there's common areas where they have like pool tables and like so a think lobby of this. It's situation. A, it's a missile silo. So the Army Corps of Engineers built these silos in the 60s several, or 70s across yeah. the U.S. where there's a missile stored in it. But if we um, sustained a missile attack from Russia and during the Cold War, this silo, in theory, could sustain the attack and also after that launch the missile. So right. these silos are very sturdy. Yep. And so now they're renovating them into being living quarters. And also one of the guy, the guy who does this, his big thing about it was that the Army Corps of Engineers already did all the research. Yeah. Like it's the right amount over sea level. It's like in the best possible position, like in the country for being like a neutral from- area, like a probable neutral area. Meaning like it's not like, going to be attacked. Like. People would attack it if they knew a missile was there, but there's no like population centers anywhere nearby. There's no reason to be bombing the middle line. of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Jericho. Yeah, like Jericho. It Thank you for so bringing it back emotions. to Jericho. <laughs> brought up so many emotions from that episode. <laughs> She's still mad Jericho. that she ever watched any of Jericho. She's so mad about it. Um, so, so yeah. So he was able to get these, and he has now bought. He's now, or when this article was written, he was working on his second one, which was only like 25 miles away, and he had already purchased five more in other states. There's so much money to be made on this. Why isn't anyone sponsoring our stupid podcast? I know, so that we can get a bunch. Give me $30 just so I can host it. (laughs) Just need it. Just like a monthly fee for SoundCloud is like .00000001% of what people are spending on this. (laughs) 
Right. Like we are that bridge between the uber rich and just the common person trying to prep and survive. I like how we're the bridge. <laughs> I think we're more like the bridge over. It's we're the troubled waters bridge. underneath the bridge. It's like just one rope that you have to like <laughs> carefully walk across. But it's a rope made out of spaghetti. <laughs> so, but we're in charge of that spaghetti rope. And it's really we'll... good. It's al dente. So. <laughs> We got you, people. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got it. Uh, So some of the things that they have in there um, when they were researching how to put these together and the fact that there's only 70 people who are going to be in there for a long time is they studied lighting. So every apartment is like, you know, they all have windows that are LED windows. So there's windows like in every room. Yeah. The windows windows are actually just the LED screens that show like... The grass swaying in the distance or whatever. Um, But they do have it all set up so that you get a day and night circulation of time um, with the way that things... Isn't that crazy? And then they also studied things like how to prevent clicks from forming by like rotating chores. So people have chores that Mm -hmm. rotate all the time so that they're spending long periods of time with different people and not just with the same people every day, which I thought was really cool Mm -hmm. and interesting that that had been factored into stuff. One of them, and I don't know if it's this main one, has a pool. I think, yeah. It's this main one. one. So it has like a pool area that's part for exercises. Mm -hmm. And then like it has all screens that look like a beach. So that you're like, look, it looks like you're looking at what I didn't see on this was a psychologist. (laughs) That... They really do need a psychologist. Or psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. They do have a pharmacy, I think, because I watched another video about this from CNBC, and I think it was the same guy. He was giving a tour. I know it was the same place. It was the condo project. And they have a pharmacy that has seven years of prescriptions for everyone who's a club member of this condo project. They have their prescriptions. It's a licensed pharmacy in Kansas, and so they can have all their medications on hand for seven years. They also have a jail. So if someone gets like crazy, which is going to happen, someone's just going to like lose it. And they are definitely going to lose it. Totally. So they have a jail yep. on there. Um, they have a hydroponic um, system to grow fruits and vegetables. Yep. And under to grow lights fish. and yep. fish. So they grow tilapia. Um, that's the only situation under which you're allowed to eat tilapia. Um, really? Yeah. Why? Because it's bad for you. I thought all white fish essentially is tilapia. Yeah. It's grown gross. It's yeah. gross. I bet you eat it all the time. Don't do it. Fish sticks? I mean, I don't eat... What? Hold on. You never eat fish sticks. No. You're never like... Maybe you've been partaking a little bit too much in the Washington State recreational herbal practices. No. And then you go and you're at the grocery store and you're like, you know, it'd be good. No. It's fish sticks and tartar sauce. Nope. That's never happened nope. to Nope. Not even once. Popcorn. Popcorn is delicious. Mm-hmm. But also fish sticks and tartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying this is not my particular MO. You guys, I'll get back to you on whether I trick Lex into eating tilapia or not. <laughs> oh, I don't deny that I have probably eaten it, but just it is farmed. Like it is something. It. But I mean, the reason it's farmed so much is because it's a very easy fish yes. to farm. Which made total sense for this situation. Yeah, for sure. 
But the guy in the video also said, like, oh, yeah, we have former NFL players. We've had some movie stars, um, you know, hedge fund managers. And I'm just like, ugh, gross. I don't want to be. Yeah, why do you want to be with those people? And it just made me think over and over again, you know, here's me diving into the philosophical conversation of this, like, in what situation do I want to live where it's only the super uber rich that have been yeah. able to survive and also whatever? They're not even capable. Their capabilities are that they paid for this to they happen. Paid for it. Not that they actually have the ability. Okay. Now I think you there survived. Are some, they're now getting you- some training. There was one guy in the article who was like, I can survive with a with the clothes, like with a backpack of food and a knife. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, well, you're like, or one guy who was like not into guns, but he was highly trained in archery. Yeah, oh for sure, <laughs> I liked that guy. He's like, I'm against guns for personal reasons, but I know how to do archery. Yeah, and like that's bananas. The other thing was a lot of people had motorcycles. Oh yeah, like, the motorcycle. Okay, thing, we gotta I think learn how to really, ride motorcycles. Yeah, that's legit. I do think it's helpful though that I am a solid cyclist. I'm not saying that it's better than a motorcycle. You definitely want a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. But I also know for a fact that if I had to get on a bicycle and ride 50 miles, I can do that. You could do it. Yeah. Um, And we also have the equipment that we need to carry stuff with us Mm -hmm. on a bicycle, which not necessarily everyone has. Um, But that doesn't replace being able to just jump on a motorcycle and go really fast. I mean, that every movie shows you the traffic jams. Although there were no traffic jams in The Last Man Standing because... Everyone died. Part of the funny part of that is, like, when everybody gets sick, like, everyone was, like, too polite to, like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there was no rush to get out of a place because literally everyone was sick everywhere. Mm -hmm. So they weren't, like, trying to leave urban centers. They were just, like, would go home and then die of the play at their house kind of thing. Well, that fancy prepper thing that you put on, there was a motorcycle, like a survivalist motorcycle that was on there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll look at we'll look at the. There's a a website that I found that's called the Fancy Prepper, Fancy and it's prepper. just it's like pictures. It was like from four years ago, so I don't now they would just have an Instagram account, but yeah. it's literally just pictures with links to things to buy if you're going to be fancy about prepping. I also found another one that was SHTF Survival Survival Gear delivered monthly. Which it you know if you don't know SHTF is short oh, for shit hits the fan yeah so these are like mystery go bag like survival boxes that you get every month it's a lot of knives <laughs> I want to see it did you send it to me uh, I might have. how much is it a month I feel like I should subscribe to it just so we can like look at it there are different levels yeah you can spend up to ninety dollars a month minus shipping and handling. <laughs> I'm like, where is it? We might we'll want to subscribe we'll just like a couple it. times. Shit, it's the fan. What's yeah. it called? SHTFsurvival.com. Anyway, it's it's pretty intense. There are a lot of like hard tools like saws and knives and machetes and more knives and some more knives. But it's basically like a mystery box that you get. But this is like, What's I would say, box? elite prepping um, because... You know, not everyone, hardly anyone can, like, just spare a $50, $60 every month to get this prepping stuff. Yeah, that's true. But I'm excited because I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Dana can. She's elite. Um, I'm, I'm poor person elite. rich. I got that spaghetti bridge going. Don't worry about it, people. So the other thing that was in the New Yorker article that I really loved was 
that I I had never heard anything about this, but it is well known that New Zealand yes. is like the place to go in clay in case of like a world disaster. So like World War Three happens, all the rich people own land in New Zealand now. And their plan is to get to New Zealand, whether it's via their private planes or their um Ooh, which let's come back to planes. Uh, or I guess we can talk about it now. One of the points the article makes is, okay, if you're going to have your pilot fly you to a sanctuary, are you are you also inviting your pilot does and that pilot their family? Have a family? Yeah, does that pilot have a family? What about the people that are servicing your plane? Yeah, like who's the service people? Are they coming? Are the people who are in your household packing all your bags? Are those are they coming yeah. with their families? If you're the Uber rich, you already have like fifty people. Who just work directly for you? Yeah, like just you. Like so they're just they're this, maintaining like, level your lifestyle. Of egotistic, egotisticalness. Mm-hmm. Also, love in the second silo. There was more apartments because they decided to put the garage somewhere else. And I'm like, oh yeah, they made space in a nuclear preventative silo for rich people to park their cars there. Yeah, so or they can save their cars or helicopters. It's crazy. Yeah. It's cuckoo the more bananas. I talk about it and think about it, I'm like, dude, dudes, why are you doing this? Guys. No, but I totally, if I was super rich, I would do it. Because one of their points is like, if you're that rich and you can literally buy anything, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you spend some nominal portion of your income to ensure that you have a disaster plan? But that was the argument, like, yes, do that, but also spend more of your money to try to prevent to this from better. happening yeah. in the first place. For sure. Just like they brought up in this article, Carnegie, when they were talking about the history of mm-hmm. preparedness, Carnegie, who was, like, who was one of the first, yeah, and Rockefeller, you know, two of the first billionaires that ever existed in the U.S., probably like the royal families were billionaires or whatever before them, but yeah. they were the first United States billionaires, and they re, they put all of their money back into, Education. at some point, they became philanthropists. Yeah. Just the same way that Bill Gates did and Warren Buffett. And but they, you know those guys have their own huge-ass bunkers. Oh, for sure. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So back to New Zealand. Back this to New Zealand. This is the place where rich people go to not die. Right. So it's for... It's, it was their uh, tyranny and distance. Mm-hmm. So before they said that New Zealand was never going to survive because they were so far away from everything else. Like... There was no way that people were going to come and start businesses there. Uh, And now they're finding that there is a huge influx of investment because people love being far away from everything else when it comes to the end of the world. So they're buying these huge pieces of land and building houses on there and bunkers and uh, airstrip that they can land on, but then also helipads. and, And it's a huge issue because it's... You know, you it's know taking away local land. Yeah, yeah, local land. And then from also the indigenous people there that have already um, been stripped of their land. Now they have people from foreign lands coming and buying more land so they can survive an apocalypse that these people are kind of perpetuating in the first place. Like, this is a spiral. I'm in a spiral right now. I knew this was going to happen. We're getting into a philosophical like <laughs> issue whirlwind about, about yeah. why the super rich um, should even should like, even yeah like why are they trying so uh, hard to save like if they've saved themselves are they really but is it a world that they want to be in once they save themselves? Well, do, that's my question. Do they know how to farm? You know what I mean? Like 
that's that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of skills you actually need in the end, not yeah. just that you survived, but like what's going to happen when there's no what happens when all the food expires? Like are you able to carry on or want to? Or are you just going to become some like yeah. crazy dictator? They're like stocking gold coins. Because they're also like Why? psychotic. <laughs> um, but also, one of the things I did like was one of the guys in New Zealand, because the reporter actually goes to New Zealand mm-hmm. um, and to see what's going on there. And they had, uh, you know, they started really, as people were buying land, it wasn't that they wouldn't sell them the land. They just started saying like, why are you building a bunker? Like, what is the real reason? Is it smart to is it smart to invest all that money in building a bunker? Like, that's maybe not the best way because by the time that bombs or whatever you're trying to prevent by being in a bunker get here, like by the time you even get here, that would have already been a problem already. So, like, don't spend your money on building bunkers. Spend money like investing in having like a more positive local economy and structure and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So they can have community or whatever. Yeah. But community. yeah, it is because they're in the middle of nowhere. And um, also because they are already somewhere where like global warming is not going to affect them. Wasn't that the whole thing? Uh, global warming. The, if, if the oceans come up a lot, New Zealand is going to be not going to be affected that much because of location. And because the, the middle part of it. Yeah. And because it's already so high out of the water or whatever. Hmm. I'm not sure about the whole part of that thing, but I know that it had to do both with where it is in proportion to other countries and stuff, but also because of the uh, chances of sea level rising isn't going to affect them. Yeah, I mean, a good point in the article was, you know, what's the chance that this is going to happen in the next decade? Pretty good. Pretty good. So you should just stock up and try to, as opposed to what's the chances this is not going, like nothing's going to break in the next 50 years. So this is sort of the mentality that these business people are taking on. Like there's more, like it's a long shot that they're going to have to plan like this extensively because hopefully we... (laughs) We have to hope that something isn't going to create a complete societal collapse. Right. But the value of investing in something like this, like the way that these people think, doing startups and hedge fund investments, and you know, they have to plan for the most probable high value. Right. Does this make sense? Yeah. You know, it's not likely it'll happen in 10 years, but what's the chance that it's not going to happen in 50 years? Right. So they're investing now, like the investment of the actual property and time and value to do it now is, you know, not as great as just the value of it. Just if it does happen, yeah, you you will survive. I have to think in my mind, like not being uber rich and like going through my stuff recently. <laughs> Hold being on, like, wait a second. Wait, where's my first aid kit? You're nerd, rich in love. Nerd, You're rich nerd, in nerd, love, nerd. though. I'm rich in love <laughs> when we when we prep. Yeah. <laughs> the prepping's increase the love. Like the value of just prepping in general. It's just this uber rich prepping thing that's like. Against all odds, I will survive oh, because sure. I must be the one to help in the end. And yeah, it's just like, why, don't why even why even survive at that point? Like if we're going through a disaster, great. I want to have some food, so the the likelihood of me surviving is going to be really high. 
Yep. If it's a total societal collapse and yeah, like we're talking about on like the road, yeah, <laughs> the road scenario or, or parable of the sower parable scenario, of the sower like, scenario, get me out of there. Because here's the thing, parable of the, sno- the sower. Again, and by get me out of there, I mean like I don't, I want no, no part of it. <laughs> the part of that that story that struck me so much, and I won't go over it again because we already talked about it on like episode three or something. Go back to the beginning. So long ago. So long ago. Um, all of that was just an economic collapse. It stemmed from an economic collapse an that then became, yeah, then there was, there were with combined with the drought and um, so a lot of failing uh, crops uh, all at the same time. But, I mean, that's happening right now. We're burning so many bridges for trade right now I... that we're going to become <laughs> a, like, lone survivor state. And then we're going to be like, oh, the minute we have, like, envi- the environment comes in and we're like, we have all of our corn crops die. And then we literally we have, have no food? nothing to we're, trade with other people. Who are we going to turn to? Uh, yeah. We can't feed our livestock at that point. You know what I mean? Like... It just turns into like a really crazy thing really fast. And even this article was written January 2017. Yeah, January. So a year and a half ago. And they were already talking about yeah. the, the how uncomfortable the discord that was being created just in the US among people of different political backgrounds. Like we are all being put into a situation of where we, like, it's more than a strong dislike of people with opposing opinions. They are creating, like, a major division of people who have different political ideas. And that's going to lead to bad stuff. Yeah. Which Second is, Civil War. Which is going to lead to... <laughs> if anyone's following that thread. <laughs> if anyone's following that, part two. You know, sequels are not good. No, and so they are never good. That is a really good point, Danny. I mean, you get to Thor part three, that was really good. Ugh. But not. <laughs> She's like, do not bring the Marvel Universe into this discussion. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, man. Um, so anyways, let's not get too much into that. But just know, like, uh, when we talk about societal collapse, it doesn't have to be complete either. Like... People don't have to like have to feel a lot of desperation to start doing things that they would have been morally conflicted against otherwise. It doesn't take too much of a push of like not being like bread, you know, becomes a hundred times more expensive than it is right now. And then all of a sudden you're having to decide between like stealing your neighbor's whatever so that you can afford to like feed your kid a sandwich. Which is just like even more of an argument to create community now. Yeah. Like get to know your people. Create a culture of preparedness. Yeah. Like, like you don't within have to your be surroundings. Best friends with them, but just like make connections. You know, figure out who likes macaroni and cheese and who likes beef stroganoff and who likes curried potatoes. Who I knows? love curried potatoes. I do too. That just came to me just now. I want I want to make a joke about it. I know what you're just, I know what you're ordering uh, later for dinner. It's just delicious. <laughs> or those Hold on, where are you guys going? Those mozzarella Katsu logs. Katsu burger. Oh, you're going to Katsu burger. Yeah. I thought oh, you guys mozzarella were... logs at um Fitzgerald's. Okay, just so we can change Sorry. the subject to move on to, <laughs> to our food. next thing. There's a bar in Seattle that Lex introduced me to, and I think we already talked about them in the episode, yes. Peanut Gallery. Yes. Because we had them with Leaf. 
But it's like probably like three inches wide of a fried yeah. mozzarella Put stick. Put your thumbs together and your four fingers together. <laughs> and that's the size of the mozzarella stick. Also, but first be like a miniature person, like legs. Yeah. And then put your four So, okay, so put your thumbs and your four fingers together and then like put them together another inch or an inch and a half, depending on who you are. Yep. And that's the size of the mozzarella They're log. so big. And she was so excited. Like... She had like sparkle, dreamy, glitter eyes when they like, were right. You arrived. don't know what you're in for. When and they the got it, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> she ate like half of one and was like on the floor, like, <laughs> I ate too much. I have to lay down here now. Give me some more. <laughs> okay. So, some of the other things that we looked at with, and do you want to talk about that more? Yeah. So, the, some of the other things that we looked at, which we're not going to dwell on, we'll share them with you guys. We found a few, I mentioned it before, websites. Where they deal with, uh, like, look at this fancy prepper stuff that you could purchase if you wanted Ugh. to. And one of them, the one that you found is called Preppy. Preppy. So this was the one that was in the Daily Show episode that was like, can liberals survive the oh, apocalypse? Yes. And Preppy, they're like, oh, Ben Affleck is a client. And yep. I looked at these things and they like, I mean, the content is not bad. The contents of the bag is not bad. It's very sleek. It's just very sleek and ugh, like you want to <laughs> roll your eyes at it. Um, but I mean, it's not bad too. It's just the look of the bag is so pretentious. Like if I saw someone with this bag in an apocalypse, I'd be like. Is it because it's silver? Yeah, it's silver. But it's silver because it's because fire, fire retardant yeah. material from like firefighting suits. But they've got food and water. And this bag is pretty cool though. It has inside of it, there's a hand crank power supply. Also, there's a drop over uh uh, thing for a solar power thing, a solar plant panel. Yep. That drops over. Yeah. Three days water. Three days. Oh my God. Everything looks very yeah. precise. It's Marvis toothpaste and toothbrush. <laughs> Kusami tea. Kuzmi tea. A selection of pre- premium teas. Perfect for this cold brewing. This is pretty brewing. nice that there's like a full on like comprehensive garment. first aid kit, multi-tool, preppy poncho and space blanket. So you can like brand yourself as a preppy train. <laughs> Bring your Apocalypse. own stainless steel hip flask. Bring yeah. your own spirit LED stainless steel hip flask. Playing cards, candles, like this is, this is nice. Yep. They also, but it's have... also how much is it? <laughs> like they have think in your mind. Too. They have handbags too, that are prepper handbags. Yeah, handbags, so you can be like Kristen Wig. <laughs> but um, five hundred dollars to five thousand dollars. Yeah, think about how much this is in your mind. This one we were just talking about, the Prepster Advanced Pack Pack Three Day Emergency Kit is. $595. You also, could add a satellite messenger. Yeah, for $450, you can add a satellite messenger. Yeah, so someone can find you. Like, I don't know who is finding you. Like, who's finding you? Spacemen. Space people. Oh, man. I mean, if it was like a hitchhiker's guide situation, <laughs> is you it? know. Is it? You got to throw out your fingers somehow. Uh, so on that, so also the other one uh, was called Fancy Prepper. It's literally fancyprepper.com. And it actually has a bunch of stuff on here that Lex has. 
<laughs> so I wanted to spend some time making fun of her. Um, okay. Thank right you. now about that. But there's also some things that I'm like, oh, you have a sweet truck. You should get this truck tit situation for your um, thing. If you go to the main page, one of the yeah. things leads you to well, a Well, the first tent. thing that's on there is a rechar- rechargeable solar air lantern. Which, which is, has. <laughs> but she it's has. like $15. So, like, I don't think fancy prepper is. And I have this, like, little legit. Uh, lightweight thing. I would say, though, some of our gadgets are pretty fancy compared to, you know what I mean? Like, I think we've built it up over the years. Like, I have... Uh, for a long time, I worked in the woods, like I've talked about before. So I did get some fancier gear over time because I just needed the durability of lasting season after season after a season. Um, but, yeah, like the collapsible gas tank things I thought were really cool, uh, which was one of the things on what there. What about the forearm ammo sleeve? Uh, I think that we need that. First of all, we have to learn how to shoot things, but then... We need that for sure. Yeah. But they, like I said, this this site is mostly pictures of things that this person thinks is cool. Yeah. And then you have to and then click you have to and, find it. Ugh. Yeah, but I think that's fine. Yeah. I, I like. How about looking. the if go if guns this are too noisy like for you? This is then you'll be imp- porn. Then you'll be impressed with this M four hundred and eighty pound tactical crossbow. Yeah. What? What? I just think this is survival as porn. Yeah. Like, it's not... I'm getting hot. (laughs) The life straw's on there. Life straw. I'm fancy prepper. You're fancy. Uh, They also have, like, a knuckle taser. Yeah. So that's pretty good. That one was pretty crazy, too. I think that's just, like, anti-rape kit, too. Yeah. Like, let's do that also. Everybody needs a knuckle taser. Yeah. Yeah, I do have have several items on this list. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm not a fancy prepper. I would say I am of means to prep in ways that are sort of fancy. Like all of your food is expired, but you have <laughs> but you have a BioLite. I bought, I bought a whole bunch of Cliff Bars and now I can't eat them. I'm just spending money I can't them. use. I'm just saying I hope you didn't throw them out. Expiration dates to me are like a, like you should do no, this. No, they're on better. the counter. You can have some when you leave. <laughs> yeah. Hand them out to your coworkers. Um, so... Next time we're going to talk, so one of the articles that I found that I want to share and that I think is going to kind of lead into our next episode is prepping on a budget. So we've talked about this. Yeah. We anti-elite prepper. Yeah. Elite prepper. Do it on a budget. To like, how do you prep? And we, we've touched on this in different ways, like when we're talking about bringing your bag in and that kind of thing. Next time we're going to specifically talk about things that you can really bring into your life that... Um, like the, to have around that are going to cost you very, very little. Peter also talked about this in the FEMA episode, like, hey, we, we got all this stuff together for less than $200 uh, because of a combination of having some stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's easily stuff you can ask for Christmas and blah, 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 and gifts and all that kind of stuff, um, and then put as little money in. But we're also going to talk about things that you should cut money on. So there's a few things like that, like communication devices and things like that, that if you're going to invest. So next time we're going to talk about prepping on a budget. um, And uh, we're really just glad to be back together, I guess. I I mean, I'm glad. I am. (laughs) Hearing my kid run around upstairs, I'm like, oh, so glad I get to just come down here and talk about prepping. Like, I could talk about anything down here. (laughs) (laughs) 
What she's saying is she's just using this as an escape from her <laughs> life. I'm in. I'm in. I mean, who isn't? I'm your side piece. You I'm are. officially your side piece. I officially own a gun. Her name's Danny. <laughs> her name is Danny. <laughs> she's lethal. <laughs> My jokes, they cut like a knife. Oh, I wish I... What's a cat's favorite kind of Mexican food? What? Guacamole. <laughs> I made that up too. That was not good. What? All right. Thanks, Guacamole? everybody. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Keep surviving. Bye. Bye. Guacamole. No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs>